Hello, my name is Joshua Gallinato and welcome to the first episode of Lifelong Learning. I've created this podcast to allow me to invite people that I admire, have a conversation with them and get to learn everything that makes them great in their chosen field, hence the name Lifelong Learning. Today's guest is Danny Forrest. On his Medium profile, Danny is a self-proclaimed obsessive learner. In fact, he joined Medium in 2018 and by the end of the year, he became one of the top writers in a few different categories. With his obsessive learning, he attempts to learn three new skills a month. I've been an admirer of his work for some time now. In fact, a couple of years ago, I reached out to him via email to ask for some advice about learning new skills, and he was nice enough to give me his time and answer a few questions for me. Fast forward two years later, and he kindly agreed to join me on the podcast to talk about what he's currently up to. From approaching a new skill to the tools he uses to stay on top of skill learning, we talk on a number of topics related to how to learn a skill. If you're having trouble learning a new skill, lost motivation, or don't know where to begin, this is an episode for you. All of today's show notes can be found over at galliway.blog. That's galliway, G-A-L-I, way. Um, all right, that's enough of me. Uh, here's my conversation with Danny Forrest. Danny, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, moments before we started, I was just telling you that uh, I made up this podcast uh, purely because I wanted to reach out to people that I admire, I admire and just to say hi and just to learn from them. And um, Danny, you are one of the, uh, the, one of the first people, first person that I, I came across when I built up my blog. Um, and uh, I just noticed that we had the same synergy. We were just on, on similar paths and I, I, re I wanted to reach out to you and just to get to know you more on the podcast. So thank you very much. Yeah, I'm honored to, to be one of the first. I, I actually, I'm actually very glad that you reached out to me, one for this, but also I think it was two years ago already that you reached out because we were really having the same interest in learning new skills and and we had similar methods as well so it was really nice to to connect yeah that's right so i've actually got it on my notes here that um the first time i heard about you was i came across an article on medium uh which was titled i learned three new skills a month and so can you and uh, oh wow that was yeah. the first one you you ran that like, was actually the first one i wrote really no way okay so when i i read that it was inspiring because when i created my blog it was all about learning um i just love to learn new things and then i just came across an article which which showed that there was a community out there that also shared my interests and um my problem was i remember when i emailed you i was rereading it a few days ago and I remember mm -hmm. my issue was that I was learning new things, but I didn't know when to move on to another thing. And I remember asking you specifically, when do I know when mm -hmm. to stop learning one skill and move on to another? And you were so, so lovely and replied back in the form of another article, which, <laughs> which you titled, <laughs> yeah. here is how you know it's time to move on to another skill. Um, and I just thought, you know, we can, you know, just talk about that and, and how you find moving on to another skill and how you know when to call it quits. Yeah, I, well, first of all, I think it's awesome that you, you, uh, you came across that article because I was not, I was not writer yet. I, I just put it out there with no intention of ever doing anything with writing. I, I wasn't a writer. So uh, I think that was in December, December 2006. Uh, 17 uh, and I started writing in January 2018 so the month after 
surprisingly, that article got a lot of views. Uh, and I never meant for it to. And like I put some some personal stuff in there, and that's one of the very rare articles where you're actually going to see me. Like I actually have a photo of me climbing in in Thailand, and it, it, it in hindsight, I look at this article again, and I'm kind of not not ashamed. But I would have, I learned so much in that journey since then. I had just started my, uh, my approach of learning three new skills a month. And a lot of the content is still good. Uh, there's so much more to it that I didn't know at the time. I was very disorganized and thought I was organized. And so you reaching out for, for this article and other people reaching out for this article is... Uh, kind of a wake up call for me that maybe I'm I'm onto something that I can and can share with others. So for me at the time when you asked me, I was I still do that actually. I still just focus on the month. So when I do my learning, so I learn three new skills every month. I try to do that still, and and that's it for me. I do it for a month, and then I know at the end of the month, if I want to keep going or not. And I don't remember what reply I gave to you, but that's how I do it still today. Like I go by, by month. I have a friend who does, uh, you may know him, uh, Eric Hemery. Hemery, I can't pronounce it, but he, uh, he does a hundred hours. And I think it's great. He goes into, he, he gets a lot better than I do at a lot of things. Uh, I get tired of things in a hundred hours. I, I don't want to commit to hundred hours to start with. I, and so the, the rare skills that I do that I know after a month, like writing, I wrote for a full month and that's when I knew this is, this is one skill I'm going to keep going. And most of them, uh, I gave up, not, not gave up. That, that feels like I, I did a bad thing, but I, I moved on. And it's not that I, I won't be practicing it again in the future because uh, some skills I did, for example, meditation is a skill that I learned also in January 2018, which I, I didn't stop, continued and then stopped for a while and tried different types of meditations later on. So for me, it's not about quitting or giving up. It's about putting on a hold for a better time, I guess. Yeah, I think I... I too was on a similar journey. Like I had started, um, so my my background was that I surprised my my girlfriend at the time, who is now my fiance. Um, to uh, I wanted to surprise her in another learning her language, and when I realized the how amazing it was that you could learn something new, I was like, oh my gosh, I would just want to learn everything now. I understand how to learn. Um, I figured out the techniques to learning, but then I realized that. In order to get you know pretty decent at a skill, you actually you have to commit. But then I didn't know which one to commit to. I didn't know um, if it was worth my time. But yeah, like you said, um, I, I since I last messaged you, uh, since we last talked, since we first talked, sorry, I started. I realized that journey as well. It's um, it's ongoing, and it's just you just you you pick up new skills and then you realize what's what's working and what's not and you drop the ones that you don't like and continue strengthening the ones that you do it's it's the best thing in the world i it, i don't know if you read that but i i saw a study and i wrote about it 
that says that 49% of your trades are given to you at birth. Uh, I was very surprised by that number because I had changed so much in the past two years given all, all the skills that I've learned. But uh, in hindsight, it actually kind of makes sense. Like you're rediscovering or you're discovering what your traits are and you don't know until you actually do these things. So it's like you said, uh, you tried a few things and then you know what actually uh, works better for you or not. Yeah, I totally agree. So I want to go and talk about yourself a bit more. So you were saying that um, when I first messaged you uh, in 2017 or 18, I can't remember, you were just a you had just started writing articles on Medium um, for uh, for the first month. Am I correct? I started in January 2018. Sure. And, and now we are recording this in February 2020. And you are one of the top writers in Medium. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, in some categories, yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, the fact that you picked up a skill in such a short amount of time and now you're um, in, in, you know, in certain categories, you're one of the top uh, people. What attributed uh, that skill to, be, um, to, to gain such traction in such a short amount of time? Uh, there's definitely a few things involved, and I did just talk about the, the traits that are given to you at birth, and it might be part of it, actually. I might be more prone to written words than I thought I would be, judging from how much effort I see other put, others put in, in their writing and not having the same success. I'm, I'm wondering, maybe this is something that's that's out of my out of my uh hands it's not it's not due to me that i can actually do that so it could be that uh to to kind of discredit myself in a, in, a, in a way uh but otherwise i mean one of the things that works with my method of learning three new skills a month is that i'm very consistent and, and for me it's all about the process and on any skill that i do so for writing i was for me, my whole motivation was I write 30 minutes a day and that's it. And I'm publishing. Uh, and so a lot of people were not doing that at the time. And and a lot of people are still not doing that. Publishing an article a day uh, is quite, quite the feat <laughs> to start with. And somehow it worked. Uh, but the reality is before that month and before I learned any skill, I do... Uh, I do what some people call meta learning, uh, which which is basically the idea of figuring out the the what, the why, uh, the how, the where, the when of how I'm going to actually learn the skill. And so I did a lot of, of reading on how to actually blog. I and before that, I actually I was reading on Medium for six six or six or eight months before as well. So I knew the articles that I liked. I knew the articles that worked. And now with the study that I did, I knew how to write these articles. So yes, I was just writing for, for the first time or kind of the first time, but I did some research before and I was very consistent. So I, th I think a lot goes into that. So you attribute your success in uh, just being consistent and that and that research to start with, I, I'm a very analytical person, so I, I I broke down basically what made articles good. And I took probably like 20 pages of notes 
in my notebook on, okay, this is how you format these things. This is the kind of headlines that actually work. These are the headlines that don't work. Uh, I took notes of which writers were successful and why, and really that, that, that research, uh, I think was quite valuable. And so you are, so me, uh, being in a, a writer on medium is actually something you do on the side. You're actually a programmer by trade. Am I correct in saying? Yeah, so I write one hour a day, and I've been doing that since, uh, yeah, January 2018. So I, yeah, I've always felt like I was a programmer. When I was 13 years old, I started making my, my own video games, uh, and I went to study computer science in school. And so I've always had this, this logical brain of creating for creating software. And so, yeah, I had been programming for, for quite a while, and I guess that's a... I guess that's a good thing in writing because uh, most of the writers are too creative in a way. Like they, they, uh, I don't know. The I feel like I'm balancing out my my skills when I'm writing because I have this this logical structured approach, but at the same time, I I lean towards a bit more creativity in writing. Sure. I, you know, what? I think when you're approaching a new skill, I think you do have to approach it logically. You do have to figure out the meta, uh, the meta, um, the, 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 what did you call it? The meta, um, skill, the meta learning, the meta learning. Yeah. And that's something I, I didn't know that was a phrase at term, but I, I realized, um, when you were talking about it, that's what I actually do myself. When I, when I sit down to, to and plan on what what's the next goal i'd like to learn uh, the, one of the big questions i ask to myself is why i'm doing it um and that that's the most important question of all definitely so how do you balance uh, programming and writing because i know you said that you only commit to one hour a day but i can imagine programming takes up a lot of your time i have phases uh so back in september of last year i basically dedicated full time my full time on finishing my game and so that was that was at least 8 hours a day on this but for the writing it's very easy for me it's it's like the skill development this is the thing i do as soon as i wake up and no questions asked so i wake up early and and i write for an hour and that's it once the hour is done most of the time i'm able to just move on to my skill learning and then the rest of my routine and I start work around nine. And yeah, I think it's all about the routine. It, it's really not, not that difficult. I totally agree with you. I remember reading somewhere, I can't remember what the, uh, who, who said it, but it says that uh, you need to protect your routine because your routine will protect you. Um, and I totally agree. Um, but so, okay, here's the thing. You said you work around nine o'clock, which means you're going to be waking up quite early to do one hour's worth of writing. What does your routine actually look like? <laughs> That's a crazy one. So to anyone listening, you don't have to copy that. Uh, my, my, my friend uh, Nick Wignall just published uh, an article on Forge, and I love the headline. He says, wake up, oh, what was it called? It was something like wake up rested, not early. And I think that's the important part. So yes, I wake up. I wake up early. I wake up at four. Uh, I, I switch it up very frequently, normally every month. And so if after if after a while of waking up at four, I'm I, I'm not rested, which is the important part. Then I start waking up a bit later, uh, usually five. But 
currently I wake up at four. And so I go ahead right, right on my computer and I start typing. And I do that for an hour. I do some journaling, some meditation. Um, and then I do my workout, which is 30 minutes. And then jump in the shower. Then it's it's around seven o'clock by that time. I do I do coffee, and then I jump on my uh, three skills. So thirty minutes each. So then it's eight thirty, and then I have breakfast really at the same time and start work at nine. That's amazing. It's uh, do you find that you are consistent with your routine? Does life happen? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah, it, it does happen. Uh, rarely, though, in my case, I, I'm lucky that I'm able to make things pretty stable. Uh, I'm going to have a baby soon, so we'll see. We'll see if I'm able to to continue doing that. Uh, for the most part, yeah, it's pretty stable. I, um, but I mean, I, I sleep in the same bed as my wife and and my alarm goes off at four and she's not very happy with that uh so i bought a um a smartwatch that basically vibrates to to wake me up and i'm still not used to it so sometimes it vibrates i just turn it off without noticing and i fall asleep again and and sometimes it actually doesn't go off so i'm not sure if it's actually broken uh, or not, but so it, it did, it did break my schedule and doesn't make me very happy. <laughs> so, um, I love what you said about, uh, what your friend said about, um, waking up rested. I, I totally agree my, myself. I too wanted to protect my routine and wake up early, um, and do all my creative stuff in the morning. But I realized that I was, you know, life happens and I just would be sleeping a lot later than usual. Um, for work reasons or personal reasons and I realized I'd rather wake up clear and focused than wake up and hit hit my deadline sorry wake up at the, my deadline of 7 a.m let's say but just be all groggy and have a cloudy mind completely there's so much obsession he he was writing that in, in his article there's so much obsession about uh, the, these morning routines and waking up early and like all, all the gurus mentioned that you should wake up early uh, because you get distraction free time. And, and it's true. Like if, if you can do that and you're rested, that, that's powerful. But I, I take rested over, over uh, distraction free time. I totally agree. And the funny thing is, I only just realized this maybe about two months ago. For like before that, I would just I would hit my deadline of hit my alarm at seven a.m. Be like, yeah, I'm ready to go, and just I can just I just noticed my performance. It just wasn't working, and something had to change. Either I go to sleep earlier or I wake up later. And I I experimented, and I realized with my lifestyle, waking up later was just the better choice, and it made more sense. Exactly. And also like about, about the number of hours too, like there's, um, I know Ar Ariana, uh, Huffington is, is very much about like, you need eight hours of sleep and this is the most important thing in my life. And yeah, for her, it works eight hours. I'm sure it works for her. Uh, uh but it really doesn't for everyone. So uh, as far as I can remember, I was trying to hit that, that eight hours and, and I was, but I never felt rested. And when I, when I realized is that the, the circadian rhythm works in chunks of 90 minutes. 
it's 90 minute cycles. And for me, the cycles are pretty much back to back. So if I sleep eight hours, that's not within my cycle. If you, if you do the math, eight, eight hours is not in cycle. So um, I did some experiment to see if nine hours would work. And nine hours definitely worked. Uh, so I tried seven and a half. Seven and a half definitely works. It's a lot better than eight hours. But it's, it's 30 minutes less of sleep. But it's a lot better because I'm not waking up in, in deep sleep. So I decided to experiment even more and, and sleep six hours to see if that would work. And sleeping six hour, hours works perfectly for me. For at least two months in a row, I can wait. I can sleep six hours and be completely rested. That's interesting. I I, I might take that up. Um, but I love what you were saying that that you experimented, and I think that's what it is important in terms of like just lifestyle design or just even learning new skills. It's all about experimentation, right? Mm-hmm. Completely. So you were saying that you dedicate 30 minutes for each of your skills and you do three skills a day. So what, what three skills are you working on uh, right now? So I dropped one, <laughs> which is something that sometimes happens like midway. I, I haven't fully dropped it, but I'm not as deliberate about it. So uh, that one was be becoming funnier in videos. Uh, so, so I do record videos uh, more frequently now, and I feel like my videos are okay. They like they're, they're kind of fun, but they're definitely not funny. And I'm not looking for I, I wasn't looking for like stand up comedian funny, but you know, just like a little punchline here and there that just makes people laugh and smile. Uh, and yeah, I. I I don't know. I found a lot of resources. Uh, I, I practiced, and it's really not natural at all for me. And I think that's because I'm overthinking it. Uh, I can be funny, like it, it's not like I can't be. But I'm. I realize that I'm always funny when I don't try to be. Right. So I wonder if this this is the kind of skill where practice outside improv, because improv is is probably very good. Uh, practice on this skill probably is counter uh, productive in a way. So, see, so yeah, I kind of put it on the back burner for now. Uh, a skill I'm working on um, pretty diligently the, uh, the, this month is um, ukulele. And this is, this is one of the skills that I did put on the back burner uh, two months, uh, three, no, four months ago now already. And I decided to uh, commit to it for real this time around, and uh, I, I've I've been having good success. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy actually. I I bought my own ukulele previously. I, I had borrowed it, and it was very tiny. Like ukulele by by default is pretty tiny, but uh, and it's not like I'm a big man, but felt like it wasn't natural and it was very difficult. So I, I bought a bigger one, and my progress has been so much better since then. And my my why. As, as you mentioned, my why is so much clearer now. I want to, so now I'm going to have a baby on the way. I mentioned this. I want to be able to just play songs to, to him and, and show him some, I don't know, some musical stuff. Uh, there's so much benefits for, for babies and, and toddlers to learn music. And 
there's no better way to show them music than to play with them. That's really nice. That's that's really sweet. Yeah, I remember following your journey and you you picked up ukulele. Um, it's great to see that you've um, you've picked it up again um, after you, after dropping it. So, what was the third skill that you're you're working on? I decided on two this month. Oh, so I see. Okay, so it's only two. That's great. So, with the ukulele, when do you decide to stop um, stop working on it every thirty minutes in the morning? Yeah, I made it easy. My plan for for this is to be able to play a single song, which is "Over the Rainbow." Ah, oh, lovely. Uh, yeah, it it's not it's not the easiest, but it's also not that hard either. There's really only uh, five chords in there, uh, and so my plan is so right now I'm really practicing switching between the chords. It's pretty boring practice, to to be honest, until I can actually play a song, which which is typically before I started this skill up approach, I, I would probably have given up because it's really not that fun. Uh, but I see the end goal, right? The end goal. Uh, and I know that I need to practice that to be able to play that song. So, uh, so yeah, for me, that's it. That's my, that's my, that's my goal in 30 days being able to play that. And I, I, I schedule my practice so that it would be uh, reachable. Yeah, that's really great. I think I I have trouble with that. So um, I remember when I reached out to you, I was learning Swedish and I still am because I, I realized that, especially in 2019, I was I was so excited about learning new skills that once I thought I mastered, not mastered, once I thought I learned Swedish, I was like, okay, that's done. Let me learn something else. And I realized that my Swedish just took a huge hit from it. And I realized, really? that, yeah, I just, because, you know, just as you, as you were saying that consistency is important. Um, I had now stopped practicing Swedish or stopped exposing myself to the language that I started learning piano or doing something else. And, and oh, that's before you moved to Sweden. Yes, exactly. And then, yeah. And then when I got, when I, when I finally, um, when I realized that I just needed to, well, I, my, I realized that my wife for Swed- uh, learning Swedish um, was really important and that I needed to do it. And, and so, so for the, the second half of 2019 and to this day, I'm just fully committed to, you know, tr- um, exposing myself to the language every day uh, and being consistent. But you, you touch on it. Yeah. You touched on a good point there. A lot of people, think that once you know something you, you know it but the reality is very much like you wrote an article which which is gonna well you published it on your blog but uh uh the one about learning a language and you mentioned you mentioned duolingo and other apps and and you don't recommend them but the thing about these apps which they do very well is, is that forgetting curve uh, and so for every every skill and especially in knowledge actually you lose you lose that progress uh, without realizing it if you don't keep using it and for languages actually you notice that pretty pretty easily and so apps like duolingo will make you lose progress which a lot of people are confused about when they first see that like what i was like I was 80% good in grammar and all of a sudden I'm 40. What are you talking about? But they're right. That's how the brain works. If you don't recall, uh, you will forget. And so recollection is actually a very important part. And I'm 
potentially working with a company who's building. So I have this concept of skill trees uh, and they're building an app around it. And one of the features I want them to include is that the forgetting curve. So with the skill trees, you specify the sub skills that, um, that are in the skill you want to learn. So for example, in Swedish, there's like grammar and words and all that kind of stuff. And, and basically it would tell you that you should probably recall that. I think it's very, very important to have that in, in the app. I totally agree. I couldn't not agree more. Um, regarding uh, the ukulele, what I love about the, what you said there was that you have a goal and you have a way to determine if you hit your goal. I like that because it makes it very, um, makes it binary in a sense, because for myself, I, I'm learning Swedish just because I want to be able to, you know, I now live in Sweden and I want to be able to talk and communicate, but I keep saying that I want to be fluent, but I don't have a, a, a real way to measure it. And so I, I'm constantly telling my fiance like, oh, I'm just so frustrated. I'm not progressing, but she keeps reminding me that. Like my Swedish is really good for the amount of time that I've I've spent on it. Um, I wondered if you ever have those those issues with any other skills that like you're not pleased with it or you're not pleased with the progress and you get frustrated. Well, definitely with the humor in videos, that's a good example. Uh, and the one thing that I didn't do with that one, which I typically try to do as well with pretty much all the skills, is. So with the why that I said, also set a, a, I guess, quote unquote, project to keep me accountable. Uh, for example, for ukulele, I didn't do that. But one of the things I could have done is say that, say publicly or say to someone around me that I'm going to play a piece for them at the end of the month. Right. That's the best way to keep yourself accountable for for drawing my project was that I would post my drawings every day on Pinterest. I created a, a special Pinterest uh, board and I was just posting everything there. So every time I think of a new skill, a new skill, I think about what can I do to keep myself accountable and make it fun too, like a, a project that actually feels good. Uh, so yeah, I try to do that every time for your, for your Swedish. One thing you can do is you book yourself for a, uh, speaking engagement in Swedish somewhere, right? Talk about skill learning in Swedish at a company, at a co-working space or something. That would keep you accountable. That's uh, just giving me anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> but, it <laughs> but that's the plan, right? Yeah, already I'm just thinking, okay, I now have a goal. I now have to hit it. I have to be account held accountable. Uh, I mean, I might change the, uh, the the goal a little bit, but I I'll, I will think about that. Um, so I wanted to talk about your your site and the projects that you're working on. Um, so we, your site forestco.co. Um, can you explain what it's about and what your mission is? Yeah. So forestco really started from my writing, and so that was as soon as I started writing and saw that the. There was something to it because I, I became published really quickly and became top writer really quickly. I figured I can't just have my stuff on there. I, I need to have my my own site and own my own content, just just like you did, really. And so I built my own website, and and the domain name was was under my name, dannyforest.com. So it really started as a as a personal brand about productivity and, and self awareness. Uh, 
I don't like that. I don't know. I'm I'm not a personal brand kind of guy. I'm not I'm not about myself. I, I'm about helping people. And so and, and I wanted to bring people in to also help me on that same mission. So I rebranded to Forest Co. And the reason I kept the the my last name is just because I had I had followers already. I had people that knew my business. So I didn't want to lose these people by going with a different name. So converted it to Forest Go and in the beginning it really was just about productivity and self-awareness uh, products and then we did many things. We tried we tried everything. I'm pretty hyperactive when it comes to starting new things. Uh, we had virtual co-working spaces. We had private groups for uh, skill learners. We had uh, Slack channels. We had air tables. I started building Airtable templates, which I was selling. I'm still selling them. Uh, we put e- ebooks on there. Uh, I had an accountability program as well. Uh, I have a new one that I released uh, this week. Uh, yeah, it was just like all over the place. And even at first, I was putting all of my skills in there or all of the skills that I was very good at. So my photography was on there. Uh, yeah, I even started selling photos of, of models that I uh, shot in, in Colombia. Uh, it was all over the place. And I realized, you know, I need a, I need a better mission. Uh, and basically, our mission right now is that we're, we're really helping people grow and, and thrive in, in this century. And I like to specify in this century because it's ever-evolving. And, and that's a reality that not enough people are aware of. And we want to bring awareness to that at the same time. So we do, so we still do some productivity stuff uh, and self-awareness stuff, but now we do better products and better services around that. That's great. And so the SkillUp Academy still exists. And uh, if it does, can you explain what it's all about? Yeah, SkillUp Academy is, is a thing that evolved Quite a bit, actually. Uh, the funny thing, I don't, th- I don't think I've ever mentioned that to you, but the skill up actually came from an idea I had 10 years ago. And so I was in university at the time, and I had this idea of gamifying skill development for just like regular everyday skills. And back then, gamification was not even a word. <laughs> or, or it was really just starting and there was two experts and that was it. And so I was pitching the idea to investors and it was, it was a hard sell. It was really difficult. It, it was at the time where like Twitter was just starting to be really big. Uh, Facebook obviously was already big and social networks were kind of new and gamification even more. So it was really hard sell trying to fit to, to sell the idea of gamification in, in the sense that you can apply this, like leaderboards and, and, uh, and I don't know, different currencies and points and, and progress bars and all that it felt childish to them in a way. And, and so I, I found two, two months ago, I found the business plan that, I was actually pitching to these investors. It's a 51-page document on what the business is going to be like. And the funny thing is the idea is 80% the same idea that we're building right now. 
And like, it, it's the same that, that I was mentioning at the beginning of, of uh, this recording. I, at 49% of your traits are at birth. This is a perfect example. I was reading that and it's me. I haven't changed that much. I haven't changed as much as I thought. 10 years ago, I, I feel like I was completely different. But when I read this, these are the same ideas. This is the same way of writing. My, my writing was definitely not as good, but the, the, the message was the same. And so the crazy thing is, 10 years later, I'm actually building that idea. And, and that idea today makes a lot more sense. And everyone, everyone's used to gamification ideas, and, and, and it works when applied properly. And I've had 10 years of experience in the video game industry since then. So I know a lot more about game design. I've built my own games. And, and yeah, so basically the SkillUp Academy app that we're building right now is, we call it online education because there's really no other category that was created for it, but it, it's not what you expect. When, when people hear online education, they hear uh, online courses, a new MOOC, uh, a, a learning management system, or that kind of stuff. But this ver this version of Skill Up Academy is all about the learners, and that's what's important. When when we identified when when we talked with lots of people, asking them what's their biggest pain points about education, uh, especially online education, the, the biggest pain point was one finding the right resources because there's so much information overload, and two, the social aspect. You, do, you don't get social aspect from any online course or, or a MOOC, or I guess you get a forum, maybe, but forums are not incredible for social interactions. So SkillUp Academy, uh, the new app that we're building is all, all about the community of learners. And so in the app, you can talk with anyone. There's, there's um, You can see what everyone's committing to learning for the day, and you can go back in time. And then uh, you can you can share, which is very important for me, skill sharing. So you can see you can see on the main on the main view what other people are learning. Maybe you see someone learning programming, for example, and you're a programmer yourself. You could go out there and see see that this person is very good at playing ukulele, for example. And so I could reach out to that person and say. Hey, I see that you're great at ukulele. I'm good at programming. Do you want to connect and we can we can share um, information, resources, and help each other? So for me, that's about it. that's really about it. Like other people helping each other. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, the like you said with with the sharing, it provides accountability, and accountability really helps in your development for skill sharing. When um, when is the release date for this um, this app? So we were aiming for very very early prototype on Android at the end of this month, and and beta at the end of March again on, on Android. But the the app is built on Unity, the game engine, which which means that it can be exported to anything we want, really. So. Technically, it should work on uh, iOS uh, and web and PC and Mac. It, it actually works. I, I've tested it uh, with the current features, at least. But it needs integration with um, the different stores. So, for example, if I, it, it's a freemium app, 
similar to games. So if I want to buy currency in the in the app, then I have to go through Google Play Store and Apple Store and uh, or iOS Store uh, and different things for Mac, Windows, uh, and web. So so I think that's that's why we're saying Android for the first one. Uh, others might be ready. I'm not. I'm not too sure, but we're aiming for Q2 for the other versions in beta again, and then releasing officially in Q3. That's amazing. So it sounds like this is going to be a great tool to help you learn um, a- any new skills. Um, which leads me to my to my last question. So uh, since you're you know a master in learning new skills or uh, just picking up new things uh, very quickly, what tools? Um, or resources do you use to 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 learn a new skill? Uh, I'm sure you mean like not specifically, but yeah, I mean uh, in general. So, like, uh, would you would you use a habit track uh, habit um, a habit tracking app? Would you uh, to stay consistent, or would you use like a, a journal as your great tool? Uh, your computer is your tool. Like, is there a specific tool um, or just something that that helps you um, just be more efficient or and uh, be more efficient with learning new skills or just help you learning new skills in general? Yeah, there, there are a few uh, which have been converted into a, a single tool now so that, that I've created. I call it the Skill Up Monthly Planner. Uh, it's not released yet, but basically it it's a way to record. Um, it's a way to create a learning plan for four of your month and there's a daily log included it really guides my reflection uh so it's really just a a, a pdf <laughs> that i've created that that i follow otherwise for habit tracking i use notion uh but i use notion for everything uh so if you don't know notion it's completely worth looking um now, so so I build these skill trees that I was mentioning. I'm now using uh, a tool called Mind Ma- Mind Meister. So it's a mind mapping tool. It's quite decent. It's quite decent. So I, I update my progress uh, pretty much every every month uh, on different skills that I learn. That's amazing. So um, if anyone wants to hear more about you or find your work, where where should they be pointed to? Yeah, definitely uh, forestcode.co. Perfect. Brilliant. Well, Danny, thank you so much for um, giving me your time. I know you're in Canada right now, so it must be must be pretty late. So I don't want to keep you up. Um, and I know you've got to wake up very soon. So, Well, no, actually, it's, uh, it's, it's approaching noon. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm thinking... You know what it is? My fa- my family's in Asia right now, so they're eight hours ahead. And so you, you guys are eight hours behind or seven, wherever you are. Um, but cool. Um, I thought since this is my first one, I don't want to keep, um, keep you away from your time. So let's call it here. And thank you so much for joining me, Danny. And I've learned so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the first ever episode of Lifelong Learning. Don't forget, if you want to see any of the show notes from today's interview, you can find them over at gallyway.blog. That's G-A-L-I-Way.blog. Thanks again and see you on the next one.